Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. If the people and the businesses closest to me are anything to go by, there's a good chance that right now you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, you're feeling stressed, pressurized, maybe even starting to feel anxious, maybe even starting to feel a little bit depressed, maybe you find yourself a little bit up and down. If this is you, then do not fret. You are certainly not alone. There is definitely something in the air. Today we are looking at getting off that roller coaster. Whose roller coaster? I'll explain in just a little minute. Welcome to the Leveling Up podcast with me, George Swift. The Leveling Up podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development, and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the inspiration, the motivation, but above all else, as always, to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Don't forget, please do subscribe so that you never miss an episode. I ran a session just last night for my BBB Success Group members. And these are business owners from startup all the way through to multiple million pound turnovers. And there is something definitely consistent out there right now. And that is this pressure, this overwhelm, this burden, this weight on people's shoulders, the just feeling tired, exhausted, worn out. So if you are feeling any of these things, as I say, you're definitely not alone. Interesting, however, for my members at least, business is actually pretty good on the whole. So very few of them actually reported in as saying that business itself was struggling. It was more about them as the business owner that was struggling. And I thought, let's have a chat with you as well about what is going on. We've just come through a monumental winter in every sense of the word. So we've had best part of what, eight months of terrible weather. You know, it was long, hard winter in terms of weather. We had a couple of weeks in March, gave us a little bit of a break and then wham, back into the rain and freezing cold for another couple of months or so. The weather's only just started to pick up here in the UK and that does play a part. Without the sun, without the vitamin D, without getting out there, people typically won't go for as many walks, they might not exercise as much as they do. So without getting out there, the fresh air, then of course that's going to play its part in terms of our health and our mental health. On top of that, we've also had a long metaphorical winter, having been in lockdown for many of us since, what, October? I mean, we may have little reprieves along the way, but fundamentally, if you go back to October, we went into, a, you know, restrictions and then the fire break. And then, you know, we came out for a tiny, widgy moment. Then we went into the tier system. Then Christmas was cancelled for most of us. Then we came back. Kids went to school. Literally the next day, same day, the government then closed all the schools. They were shut for another few months. Then we've had this time scale, you know, it's unlocking by the 21st of June and that felt like a long time away back in January. My God, it felt even longer living through it. Slowly but surely, we've had a few things released and people have been looking forward to the 21st. Of course, as of today, that 21st of June has been taken away from us. They're going to do an official announcement on Monday. And let's be honest, you know, we kind of knew this was coming. I mean, the writing was on the wall for many of us, call me pessimistic. You know, I called this back in January when they said, oh, yeah, you know, full unlocking by June the 21st. I'm like, you know, I almost choked on my own laughter. Um, it was cynical laughter. I didn't enjoy the experience, I promise you, right? But you know, I'm thinking this is really, really unlikely. Just looking at the narrative, following the narrative, um, really, really unlikely. And then we start hearing about the Indian variant and then they start to, you know, 
build that story. Then we start going into anxiety. Is it going to happen? Isn't it going to happen? You know, at that point there, but away, you know it's not going to happen. Okay, there's a pattern to this, you know, drip feed it into the media. The media runs with it, sets us up for a massive fall. And unless you're really sleeping or napping, we kind of knew this was coming, didn't we? I mean, I know we don't want to be cynical. I know we don't want to be negative and moody and we don't want to be unoptimistic. But let's be honest, we kind of knew this was coming, didn't we? And it doesn't necessarily stop it still being upsetting and still being a shock. So the reason I'm putting this out there is because yesterday when I ran this session for the group, I was talking not about the 21st per se, other than I was saying about the uncertainty and how it was looking increasingly unlikely. And then today, obviously, we get the bombshell, which is the 21st of June, as expected, is off. Now, what does that mean? Does it mean we're just going to continue as we are for another couple of weeks? Well, two weeks is kind of what they're saying. However, when you read the subtext in there as well, they are also talking up to maybe a month. So this now takes us into the middle of July. By which time, of course, are we really going to be on top of this Indian variant? There's a Thai variant. There's some other variant coming out. Are we really going to be on top of these things? Are the numbers really going to be you know, any different you know, than what they are today? I don't know. It seems hard to imagine. There's a load of doom and gloom mongers out there, you know, in terms of the scientific advisors that are talking about a third wave. I'm not going to get into this particularly with you. My head is exploding right now. I don't know how that's possible. We've had, you know, one of, if not the most successful vaccine rollouts in the world. Um, all the vulnerable have been vaccinated. The young who haven't been vaccinated are at no risk of this thing. Um, if the vaccines are working like they're saying they're working, then surely the kids can't be passing it on to the older people anyway, which kind of you know makes you feel like they're probably just passing it amongst themselves. And if they're passing it amongst themselves and not getting particularly that severe symptoms, that's probably a good thing, right? I mean, you know, catching this thing is every bit as good, if not better, depending on the, the science you follow, as getting the vaccine, right? Some people say it's much more uh, much more stronger resistance once you've already had it. So in which case, you know, it doesn't seem like a particularly bad thing. I'm not a virologist, and I know a million people will jump straight all over this and tell me, oh, I didn't know you were a virologist, Jaws. Yeah, I get it. I'm not a, vi a virologist. Neither are you, but away, when you quote a fucking BBC. I'm not talking about you, but away. I'm talking about the hypothetical person that's going to jump all over this and tell me that I'm not an expert in virology, but they are because they follow the BBC. Anyway, that's a sideline. That's another rant for another day. What I want to talk to you about right now is actually the emotional impact all this shit is having on you. And even the strongest amongst us are struggling to not get caught up in this roller coaster. Even though I am predicting pretty much clearly every single step of the way and I have done since March. No, but not because I'm a virologist, not because I'm an expert in influenzas or an expert in coronaviruses, but because I'm watching the narrative. I'm watching the story. I'm watching the play. I am watching how we are being led through media, through news, through government, and we're being fed information that gives us absolutely every inclination of what's coming next, right? It's as simple as that. Tracy, my partner in life and in business, sometimes refers to me as, you know, like kind of like, you know, a guru, a sage, you know, um, with regards to this. You know, I'm really not, okay? It's really simple for me. Just listen. They're telling you where we're going. They're telling you what's going to happen. Maybe you have to have a little bit of a cynical ear as you're listening in order to really hear the subtext. But I called it, you know, I called the whole of last year how it was going to play out. I called Christmas. I called the long, hard winter, you know, and uh, I did call this 21st as well. Wish I was wrong, by the way. This isn't about me being all sanctimonious and aren't I great, aren't I amazing? Um, no, I'm just able to read between the lines. I'm able to listen to what I'm being told rather than what I'm being force fed. Um, and therefore, I can start to predict things. And here's my prediction for you right now. You can take it or you can leave it. 
You might think I'm being negative or pessimistic. I'm really not. I'm the most upbeat person. I'm the most optimistic person. What I am also, however, is I am, okay, someone that can clearly see what's happening. And therefore, to go into denial, that's not positive thinking. To be blinkered, to close your eyes, to close your mind down to something, that's not being positive, okay? That's being ignorant. And therefore, I really do try very hard to straddle that line between what clearly is the situation and the case, what we can realistically predict is going to happen, and then how we navigate it the best we can in order to get the best result. That's where I'm a complete eternal optimist. I believe we will get through this. I believe there is an opportunity in here for us to be more successful than we were before. I believe that we can still achieve our dreams and our goals and that we can be successful in business and in life. We can be happy. We can be fulfilled human beings. I believe that is all on the table. But I also believe we have a fight on our hands. And therefore, to not be prepared for that battle, that fight, to not be prepared for the challenges that come our way, that's not being pessimistic, okay? That's that's being a little bit foolish. So here's my prediction for you. Again, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I don't want to be coming back here in a couple of months' time saying, once again, look, I called it, I got it right, etc., etc. I really do want to be wrong. I really do want to come out of lockdown. I really do want businesses to open up, business to be given a fair opportunity in order to trade, in order to create their own successes. I really want our kids to go to school and have a mentally healthy environment, not just to hand sanitize themselves to death and wear a piece of cloth in order to protect themselves from a virus. I really want this to be the case, okay? I want this to be a deferment. You know, they're saying two weeks. You can see the subtext in there. They're already setting us up for a month. So I'm going to go out there and say, clearly, it's likely to be a month, right? If they're saying two weeks, maybe a month, you know it's going to be the month, right? I mean, you can almost, okay, the writing's almost on the wall. Then you have to kind of, you know, predict, you know, where are we likely to be at in that one month period, okay? So in a month, is it likely that these numbers would have been squashed to nothing? Well, we know the numbers are going to go up a little bit when we start to unlock, which we did do and we have done over the last couple of months. They predicted the numbers would go up, by the way. Um, what's happened here, of course, is instead of seemingly being measured about those numbers going up and saying, yep, yeah, of course, it's going to go up a little bit because we've been locked down for the best part of a year or more. And of course, as we start to unlock, it will start to be, you know, passed around again, etc. What's happened here is we've immediately gone into a knee-jerk reaction, which is, right, we must, you know, kill this thing off. We must stop it raising at all. You know, talk about the third wave, even though the numbers are still pretty damn low, let's be honest, compared to what we've been used to. And, you know, it's all that incitive kind of news and all that incitive propaganda that we're seeing right now where, you know, be terrorised, be fearful, it's coming, the third wave. You know, they're predicting the third wave during the summer all the way back at the earlier part of this year and stuff. So it's all very fucking predictable, this, by the way, even though it's played out as if somehow decisions are being made in the moment and ad hoc. And yet the story, the narrative, you know, it was written, you know, all the way back when, okay? And you can see how this thing's going to play out. So look, what are the chances realistically, okay, that another month of the mingling that we have been doing, you know, what are the chances that, you know, this variant's going to be squashed to nothing? What are the chances that the next variant's going to be squashed to nothing or not be sitting there on the cards? You know, what are the chances that the extra bit of vaccination they're going to do over the next two to four weeks for the younger people, what are the chances that's going to completely kill this thing off to the degree where they're going to feel confident that somehow we can go back to normality or some degree of normality? 
it's really unlikely, isn't it? Right? I mean, you know, just just watching it unfold and looking at how they're reacting to the small spikes and things, it's really, really fucking unlikely that we're going to be in a place in two weeks or a month later that's going to be dramatically different. Does this make sense? It feels unlikely to me. I hope I'm wrong. I wish I am wrong. But we could have a fair presumption that, let's be honest, we're going to go into, you know, July and potentially some restrictions are going to be in place, right? Maybe they'll, you know, remove one or two. Maybe they'll just keep us as they are right now. Then we have to predict a little bit longer term, right? And again, I don't want to piss you off on this day. I don't want to, you know, be that that voice of negativity. But, you know, forewarned is forearmed. We can realistically predict, can't we, where this is going for the winter. We know that influenza viruses pick up over the winter. We know that, you know, uh, more vulnerable people do, unfortunately, pass away over winter, we know if you're going to test the fuck out of the, the country, you know, every single person's entitled to two tests a week. We know we're going to find this bloody thing. So what are the chances that these numbers aren't going to start to raise again over autumn and going into winter? And then we can start to really predict it, can't we? Right now, I'm making big predictions here because obviously there's no real sign at the moment in terms of the language that's being put across. that This is definitely going to happen. In my experience and my expectations, we're going to start seeing that language soonish like once once we get past this next date whatever that is right so we're going to get past this 21st of june not going to happen then we're going to be going up to the the next date whether that is okay whether that's the end of june or whether that's going to be mid-july and clearly right that's when i would start to expect you know that kind of point maybe starting to see language talking about autumn and stuff if not certainly within maybe a month of that or so and then you'll start hearing the the subtext again you'll start hearing it'll just start off as a you know, as it's just a, a point of concern and it'll, you'll see it in the papers a little bit and it'll just be there and kind of there, but not there. And then you'll see it kind of take a hold and then you'll see the whole machine kick in again. And then you can start to realistically predict that once again, we're going to go into a winter where we're going to have a lot of restrictions again. Are we going to have full lockdowns? I don't know. I'm not going to go that far and predict that. Is it going to be uh, a harsh winter again in terms of this? Yes, Unfortunately, I predict it is going to be a tough winter. I do believe uh, there is a long way to go yet on this journey. I don't think we are anywhere near over this right now. Um, I think there's other narratives already kicking off that are going to take over. We'll talk about that maybe another time. But I do think that we are in this thing and we are still very much in this thing. And this idea of Freedom Day that was fed to us at the beginning of January kind of got us through that hope, if you like, to get us through that long, hard winter. Um, but of course, it's not going to help with the despair of summer if we don't end up experiencing that, which in my experience, we're not going to, right? In my opinion as well, we're not going to. And I do think that autumn is going to bring its challenges. I think winter is going to bring its challenges again. It's very hard to see how things are going to change that dramatically in terms of, you know, how they're reacting to things, how they're reporting things and the pattern that's unfolding. It's very hard to imagine that we're not going to have some form of lockdown over winter again. I know you don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I certainly don't want to be the person spreading it. So why am I? Well, if you've stuck to this and you listened this far and you've got through my doom and gloom, here's the bit. Take care of your health and your mental health. You're going to need it. If, just if, right, I'm wrong and let's hope I'm wrong. The worst case scenario, if you take care of your mental health now, during June, during July, through August, when even if we don't get that freedom day that we were promised, we still have a degree of freedom right now. The weather's good. We're getting out. We're socializing. We're mingling. Fill up on that stuff, right? Fill up on that. 
also consider, you know, mindfulness, consider meditation, yoga, consider anything that nourishes mental health whilst maybe you're not going through the worst of what is still, I believe, to come as we go into autumn and winter. What we don't want to do is go into autumn tired, wiped out, fatigued, like many of us are already feeling now, having just come through the long winter that we've just come through. It's going to be imperative that you regroup, strengthen yourself, strengthen the body, strengthen the mind, strengthen your soul. Because unfortunately, once again, my message to you is you are not out of this yet, soldier. And if we're not prepared for that next battle, if we're not prepared for that next onslaught, if we're not prepared for that autumn and winter, it really could massively derail you and derail me and derail all of us. Listen, mental health is in a massive, massive monumental crisis. It still isn't getting anywhere near the recognition that it needs in connection to the decisions that have been made at government, okay? We're looking at one set of fucking numbers, one set of figures. I've ranted about this many times on this podcast. All we're interested in is the R number when that's high, the case numbers when that's high, hospitalization when that's high, deaths when that's high. That's all we're interested in is one set of numbers for one thing. We're still not looking at the bigger picture. We're not looking at the cancer deaths. We're not looking at the impact it's having in terms of mental health, depression, suicide rates. We're still not looking at the impact it's having on addiction, on domestic abuse. We're not looking at the impact it's having to the economy and the massive impact that a negative downward economy has on all people. We know that deaths massively magnify during recessions and during depressions. We're not weighing any of this up. We've lost all perspective. I'm going to call it again. I've said it before. I know it pisses some people off. There is no perspective in this country. There is no perspective in the world right now. We are only looking at one thing. We're only looking at one part of one thing that tells a story, that tells a message that supports a narrative and supports decisions that I believe are the will of people making those decisions. I don't believe necessarily that these are the decisions that are being made because they serve us. I believe there are ulterior agendas playing afoot. It's almost impossible to conceive of, and yet it's almost impossible to not see with your own eyes. You've only got to look at Hancock and the connections that he has and the money that's been made through his dodgy dealings. You've only got to look at ex-Prime Ministers, Tony Blair, and look at the money he stands to make from coming out here and spouting support in terms of segregations and more lockdown, etc., etc., vaccinations, blah, blah, blah. You've only got to look at Patrick Valance and his connections to pharma, you know, pharmaceutical companies. You've only got to look at Bill Gates and you've only got to look at his connection. You've only got to keep looking at the people who are pushing this agenda to see that they profit from this agenda. And you and I and everybody else that isn't on the winning side of this is on the losing side of this. And therefore, whilst I didn't necessarily intend this episode to again go on to this, and I'll be accused of all kinds of things, I'm sure, from conspiracy thinking to whatever, I'm using my own fucking eyes, you know, I'm just looking, I'm not saying there's definitely this stuff going on, I'm just saying it's hard to imagine that the people who are promoting the things that I'm talking about here also have invested financial interest in this going a certain direction. It's very hard not to perceive that there's 
a conspiracy of sorts behind the scenes. It's just almost impossible to imagine it's true, and yet it's almost inconceivable to see that it can't possibly be true. It must be happening, in my opinion. I'll let you make up your own mind. Regardless of your opinion of all of that, the one thing that we can agree on, as always, is we want you to be successful. We want you to stay in the game. We want your business to be successful. We want you to continue to serve your market, to serve your customers. I want you to continue to create the life that you want, to create the business that you want, that goes out and does good in the world. And I want you to create the life that you want for your family. And it needs you to be on tip top form. And for that, forewarned is forearmed. If we know there's going to be a bit of an onslaught on our mental health in autumn, for example, even compared to what we've already gone through, we know that we can't get caught up in the roller coaster that is maybe what's going to take us through the summer. Are we going to unlock? Aren't we going to unlock? Can we go on holiday? Can't we go on holiday? Is this going to happen? Isn't that going to happen? For me, it's really simple. I'm going to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. I'm going to mentally strengthen myself during the summer when I can get loads of vitamin D. I'm going to strengthen myself when I can go out and mix and mingle and I can live a degree of normality. I'm going to get my fill over these next few months, regardless of what they say I can and can't do. I will work with whatever I need to work with, whatever they give me to work with. I will work with that and I will make sure that I do what I need to do in order to nourish myself mentally, physically, emotionally and spiritually so that I am resilient and strong coming into autumn and coming into winter. What's the worst that can happen? I'm completely wrong on this. Brilliant. I hope I am. I wish I had been wrong all along so far. But the worst case scenario is you go into winter. Winter's brilliant. Winter's great. We have our freedom and you're mentally strong, physically strong, emotionally strong and spiritually strong. It's a bit like those preppers. The preppers that hide underground all day long, well, they're paying a huge price on an assumption that something bad's going to happen. But does it hurt to have a few extra tins on your shelf just in case? If you carry on living your life the best you can while you can, whilst having a few extra tins on the shelf just in case, as long as you don't dwell too much on the negativity and stuff, it doesn't matter. Worst case scenario, you never need those tins. You eat them instead of eating the new food that you order from the shops. For me, it's that kind of idea. The worst that can happen is you're fitter, stronger, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and therefore that has to be a good thing regardless. If we do go into a bit of a battle that I do predict is coming in autumn and winter, then you're going to be stronger and more prepared for that. If we don't, you're just going to be stronger, happier, you're going to have a greater degree of well-being anyway, and that's only going to serve you, serve your business and serve your life. So take what you want to take from this, agree, disagree. As always, if you disagree with me, but you're still listening, I respect you a hundredfold, I really do. But for me, it's really simple. We need small businesses to survive this. We need small businesses to be successful throughout this. We need more small businesses on the ground. They make up the fabric of society. I've said this many times before, and they only do good. Small businesses are all heart-centered, no matter what they're doing, and they're only trying to do good. They're only trying to serve. And when we look at the big, monstrous, mega global corporations, that's not the values that they hold. And therefore, we are the antidote to all of the worst of what globalism potentially brings us. So listen, guys, do what you need to do. Get your fill. Don't ride that roller coaster. Don't get too caught up in the narrative. You know, if they're saying we can unlock, 
great. If we do, we do, and you live your life in that way. If we don't, okay, well, we kind of expected that was the case. It's going to hit, it's going to hurt, but it's not going to knock me off my feet. If autumn comes and it's a bit of a shit storm and a shit throw, you'll start to see by the way as you start to get through August and certainly into September, we'll start to get a real feel for this, and I'm sure I'll report back then. If it starts to look like that, then okay, right, it's not good, it's not ideal, it's going to piss me off, it may even make me a little bit low, anxious and depressed and stressed for a little while, but I kind of knew it was coming, therefore, forewarned is forearmed and I'm a little bit ready for this and I can go in there knowing that I did what I needed to do over the summer months in order to strengthen myself, build my resilience back up, build my levels back up so that I can potentially go into that battle. If I'm wrong, awesome. You're just going to be better off in every single possible way and you're going to have your freedom back as well. Nice one, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Don't ride their roller coaster. The media, the government, it's there. It's it's giving you hope, taking away hope. It's unlocking, then giving you warnings about the next lockdown. It's saying we've conquered the virus, then talking about the next variant. It's talking about how great we've done on the vaccines, and then it's talking about how we haven't done anywhere near enough. It's talking about this, it's talking about that, it's talking about everything. And the media has a vested interest in your eyeballs firmly fixed on it. And the way it can do that is terrify the living shit out of you. Therefore, you are glued to its messages. And of course, that's how it makes its money. Don't give it the attention. Just get informed. Get educated. Live your life to the absolute fullest you can. Refuel. Fill up over summer. If I'm right, you'll thank me for it coming into autumn. If I'm wrong, you're just going to be better off anyway. And you know what? I'll hold my hand up and I will be the first one to be so grateful and happy that I got this wrong. Listen, guys, if you want to go and check out what we're doing at Bigger, Brighter, Boulder with our business owners, how we're helping them through this turbulent time, we've had unprecedented success, by the way. We've helped those businesses rebuild, stay in the game, and take their businesses to new levels. We've had businesses that were doing 100K going into the first lockdown back in March 2020 that are now doing 500K plus, and they literally had their businesses almost wiped out instantaneously there in March. We've had business owners that have had consistent growth. We've had business owners over the last couple of years that have taken their businesses from 50K and heading up towards what I best, I think it's running about nearly 600K right now. Incredible stuff. It hasn't been an easy ride for many of us in success groups what has really served us is keeping a level head keeping ourselves in the game not getting caught up in the narrative focusing on our own agenda our own goals making sure we're doing what we need to do readdressing those restrictions that are put in place re-engineering our businesses adapting to the market making sure we're still relevant to the market as it shifts and change and of course supporting each other with ideas with accountability and also just helping each other up from their knees when maybe they've been knocked down and of course celebrating those people who are having their successes. It's an incredible community, it's an incredible culture and it is one that is creating success in small businesses just like yours. Whether you are just starting out in business and launching your business, whether you are in a business doing 20, 30, 40, maybe even 50, 60K and you want to break 100K or if you've already done 100K revenues, maybe even up to half a million a year in revenue and you want to scale that business to the next level, then we have groups of entrepreneurs at those levels for you to join. They would love to be part of your journey. I know you would love to be a part of theirs. Success is contagious. Go and check us out, biggerbrightbolder.co.uk. See what we're doing at Success Groups. 
And if you want to talk to a real live, actual human being, email my partner in life and in business, Tracy Miller at Tracy with an E dot Miller at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk. I'll drop those links in descriptions of this episode, as well as links to other resources to help you on your ongoing entrepreneurial journey. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to see you soon. Either way, I will see you back here next time. As always, until then, be successful. Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. 